Welcome to the Get It Done Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Ryan. I help people get it done in the sense of achieving their dreams of home ownership. Getting it done can mean so many things. It can come in all shapes and sizes. This podcast is about that central theme, getting it done, whatever that may be. In the future, we're going to have guests talk about their own personal experiences in getting it done, how they overcame adversity to achieve their dreams. Once again, I'm Jimmy Ryan, and I'll be your host, and this is our story. Welcome to the Get It Done Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Ryan, and today we have one of the mortgage lending greats. Dale Vermillion joins us. Uh, I know him as the leader of Mortgage Champions, a company that has uh, produced one, has trained one million loan officers, and me being one of them, uh, to help you know navigate the maze of mortgage, uh, and that's all great too. But you know, I know him as a great father, a great husband, and a great grandfather. Uh, Dale, welcome to the Get It Done podcast. Jimmy, it's so great to be with you. Thank you. And we just became grandparents for the third time on Easter weekend. So we're living life large right now and very happy. <laughs> so, so is, is that is that Jake's third child, or is that uh, is is that how many grandchildren do you have total? Is is it just is it just three? We have three, and that was Jake's first. So that was their first, him and Hannah's first child. So we're super excited for them. Well, congratulations. I know I, I saw the pictures of it. What a blessing. Uh, super cool thing. So I want to get right into it. Uh, Dale, I know you as, you know, you, you have Be a Humble Hero uh, right, on, right on your shirt. I want to get right into, you know, a lot of times people see the success of the mortgage industry and, you know, they, they see all these flashy people. Uh, but uh, you really live by a different code, and uh, it's Philippians two three. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm I really want you to uh, speak to that Bible verse, but also I want to get into really right away uh, MPPH and what that Bible verse does for you, and what what where you, how you're inspiring others to give back. Well, Jimmy, I appreciate that so much. What a great way to start this. And it, again, it is so great to see you and be with you. I appreciate you so much as a friend and brother. Look, Philippians 2, 3, and 4 is my life verse. It's what we've built all of our training around. We call it the other's first approach to training. Uh, Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in all things. And the key phrase there is all things. With humility, value others above yourself, looking out for their interests, not your own. I I'm just a firm believer that in this industry, if you are humble, if you're a hero to your customers, if you're kind to people, if you will slow down and take the time, you actually have much greater success. And, and, and I'm not just saying that because I believe that. We've proved that out with over 600 companies and over a million loan officers over a 26-year career that I've been speaking and a 38-year career that I've been in the business. So, you know, it, it, it just, every time I see top producers who are just built with the DNA where they do that, the reason they're top producers is because that kind of mindset always gets you the repeat and referral business with that customer. If you want to build a true customer for life mindset, you got to build it on a relationship based others first, not transactional based order taking mindset. It's just that simple. 100% brother. And uh, I really love that because as uh, I know you as a great lead calling trainer, 
And uh, some, some, some real great quotes that I try to instill into my team and to other people that I, you know, coach or, or recommend is that, look, you got to come in the morning and you come in, come in with that passion. You got to just, you got to steamroll people in some ways. You got to put them onto your train, but you got to do it with their best interests in mind. And if it's yeah. selfish ambition, it ain't going to work. And, um, you know, you hang up this quote in, in, the, uh, in every office you've ever been into. Tell me about a time when that, well, tell me about the time before you started hanging that up in, 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 as a, you know, a life um, really motto, something to live by. What got you to the point where that's like, look, we got to live by this and this has got to be our number one. Yeah. Well, the first thing was, you know, when, when I came to faith back uh, 25 years ago, that had a lot to do with it. But, but I got to be honest with it. The, the thing that changed and really was the trigger for me to say, this is absolutely the way we should do it, was back in 2002, when I took a trip to Central India, my first uh, missions trip to, to meet a little girl named Tiru Patama, who was four years old, um, that we had been sponsoring um, as, as an orphan. And, and when I saw the way people lived there, and I, I've since then, I've done, you know, probably 25 trips around all over the world to, to work with uh, homeless, to work with orphans, to work with people. I've just recognized how absolutely blessed we are to, to be Americans, to be in the mortgage industry, to have the opportunities we have. And, and, and it just, it reminded me that everything we do is about people. It's, it's not about products. It's not about programs. It's not about pricing. You know, the truly successful loan officers, and Jimmy, you know this because you do this, understand a key principle. Uh, Dr. Ron Jensen, good friend of mine, great speaker, been doing it for like 50 years, been all over the world. Him and I have been dear friends for 25 years. He had a quote where he said, success is based on focusing on the root, not the fruit. And, you know, I've taught this forever. If you make one sale a day, just one committed sale a day, Jimmy, you're putting 21 deals a month in your pipeline. You're closing 17 loans a month on a normal 75% conversion rate. You put two in, you close 34. I have trained tens of thousands of people closing 30, 40, and 50 loans a month on the mindset of, you know what? Instead of speeding up and rushing like almost everybody does, slow down, take care of your customer, really get to know them, really pour into them, make them feel important, make them feel like they're the only customer you're working with. And you know what? You're going to win that deal and all the future ones. And there's, there's a simple principle, Jimmy, here that we need to understand called the 9-10 rule. The average homeowner is going to go through nine mortgages in their lifetime. That's statistically true. We want them all. I don't just want one. I want all of them. And then I want their 10 friends because they have, on average, 10 people they can refer you. Oh, I love that. I want to go back to your trip to India because this is something like, brother, you give me chills when, when, when you talk about this, this trip. And, and listen, I'm a big fan of yours. And I listen to, to this a lot to my audience. Uh, you went to go visit, you know, this little four-year-old girl and to support her. What else did you see? Um, I, I knew you mentioned a lot about like, Hey, what's my name? Um, and that's just, that's something I've always remembered. The first time I heard, it, I was just like, wow, this is real life. Like I'm getting chills just thinking about it right now. What, what tell us that story. What, uh, what made you really go in deep where, look, you are, you're, you're sponsoring orphanages, you're building, you know, schools, you're built, you're putting all this money and effort into this. Why is that so important to you? What made you shift that way? Well, <laughs> the first time I went to India, um, it's a funny story because um, I, we had been sponsoring this girl for four years. She was eight by the time that I finally went. We started sponsoring when she was four. And, and I just came down for breakfast one morning after looking at her picture on my fridge for four years and looked at my wife and said, 
honey, I can't take it one more day. And she's like, Tiru. I'm like, Tiru. She's like, you want to meet her? I want to meet her. She looked me dead in the eye and said, when are you going? I said, how about tomorrow? <laughs> and my wife said, okay, well, that's, that's a 55-hour door-to-door trip from Chicago. But when I got there, literally my life changed overnight because as soon as we got to the orphanage, they, they dropped me off on this road and said, okay, when you get to the front of the car, turn right. And when I got to the front of the car and turned right, I, I looked down a road a quarter mile long of 4,000 children on both sides of the road that they were singing, throwing flower petals, dancing. And, and I literally looked at the translator and said, what's, who, what's the party all about? And he said, you. And I went, excuse me, what? He said, this is, they all want to meet you. Well, if, if I hear somebody tell me that somebody wants to meet me, I'm in. So I started with the first child, little five-year, six-year-old boy, put, give him a big hug around, around, at that time, he looked me dead in the eyes. And to your point, what you just said, he looked me dead in the eyes and said, uncle, what's my name? Mm-hmm. And, and I literally was thinking, why would he ask me that question? And I said, I don't know what's your name. He said, Raja. And he just lit up. The next three children did the same thing. And I finally asked the translator the most important question. Why are they asking me that? And his answer, I'll never forget. He said, because they're nameless, faceless orphans with no identity that just want to know that they matter to you. Mm-hmm. It, it literally... Jimmy, I was in my 40s. I did not realize the most important thing in life is that every human being, I don't care who you are, we all want to be known. We all want to know we matter. We all want to know that people care about, uh, you know, the life that we led when we leave this place because we know one thing for sure, we're we're not getting out of here alive. That's for sure. So the question is, what is the legacy you leave? And I learned it from a five-year-old boy and 3,900 other children. So they're nameless, they're faceless. I have, I've always wanted to follow up with this. Did you give him a name? I feel like I'd have to, I feel like I'd have to, your name's Jimmy, you know what I mean? Or, or, or Dale, or, or you know, did, did, is that what they want? And, and, and would you even do that? Like, is, is, is that what you did? No. So they had names, but in their mind, their name didn't matter. You know, mm. there's 1.2 billion people in India. You know, we've been to Africa, seeing the same thing. We've been to Guatemala, work with kids in garbage dumps, seeing the same thing. They just don't have an identity. And you know what? In America, we generally identify ourselves through our, through our line of work. And that's truly a mistake. That is truly one way we should identify ourselves and define ourselves. But it's really got to be through our impact in life, through the legacy we're creating. To me, that's the much more important standard that we have to set for ourselves. And the beauty is, and Jimmy, this is what I love about the mortgage business. We are literally changing every person's life we come in contact with. We have an opportunity to change their finances in a powerful way to help them own a home. Something that if you look statistically, very few people in the world actually have the opportunity to do. We take it for granted here, but when you travel in places like India, I mean, I went into, I've been there 10 times now. I've been in a hundred different villages. I've prayed over people on their deathbed many, many, many times. People who have terrible diseases, who have no money, who have no food, who are starving to death. I've taken all of my kids there. They've literally, we went on a trip where one of my sons had to step over a dead woman in a train station who had starved to death overnight. These are normal things in those places. When you start to see a little bit more of the world and you come back, you're a changed person. You can't ever be the same again. And you start to view your business and your customers and your relationships very differently. And you start to really move in a great direction. Brother, that's just such a great perspective to have. And just what, I mean, good of you to like, Hey, I'm going to see Tiru. You know, I'm, you know, this is such a huge thing. And I, I see it as just a pivotal moment in your life where it just changed so many things. 
Uh, you talk about uh, you, MPPH. I want to I want to go there for a second while we're on this topic. Uh, why is well here? Not why is it important to you, but what is it, and uh, how, how does it help you know right the wrongs in the world? So mortgage professionals providing hope. We started that when I when I came back from that first trip. At the time, I was on a a, a circuit called Closemore University. If, if you've been in the business any amount of time, you're around during the subprime days. You remember that New Century Mortgage did it. It was myself, Barry Habib, uh, five or six other speakers, Jack Davis, God rest his soul, he was on there. One of my favorite guys on the planet, and I, I did my. Speech after I came back, and Dan White, I'll never forget this, who ran that, walked up and said, I don't know what happened to you in the last 12 days, but you are a changed guy. You had you had a passion I've never seen before. You need to do something with that. On his recommendation, I said, you know what, let's start a not-for-profit. And what we've done is we've created this not-for-profit where we pay for it all. Every dollar we get goes directly to the people we serve because I don't want people to worry about how much of my money is going to operations. Zero is the way that we do. We, we take care of all of them, go straight to those. But we have we have built school or, or helped educate kids in garbage dumps in Guatemala. We have built orphanages in Africa and India. We, we have helped people in the US. We have housed in the last three years alone, Jimmy, over 300 families. Many of those are single moms. My, my wife actually works with the homeless full-time. She drives Walmart parking lots looking for people who are sleeping in their cars and says, are you homeless? And they say, yes. She said, I'm going to find you home. And we've done that. So the monies go directly to housing and education, predominantly to help children and families. That's really what our focus is. And we've had so many great partners over the years who've joined with us and, and, and partner with us and help to really make a massive difference, both in the U.S. and abroad. I really just love how pure it is um, and how you are. It's literally, it's 100% is going to it. And look, I'm a proud supporter of, uh, of MPBH. And I think that, you know, anybody listening to this, you know, even a little bit goes a long way. Um, you know, just even 50 bucks, you know, if you can spare something, you know, to help, uh, I, I believe truly that it comes back around on the, on the other end and, and you shouldn't do it for selfish ambition. You know, you should do it literally to, to hold people out, pick everybody else up. I want to move on to another topic. So, uh, let's fast forward 10 years, Dale. It's the year 2031. What are things that you're paying attention to now? And what does the world look like specifically in, in regards to mortgage, real estate, financial planning, CPA? What does the world look like in 2031? What an awesome question, Jimmy. I've never heard that question before and I love it. So let's think about this together, okay? Let, let's take today and let's fast forward, all right? Today, we're living in some of the richest, greatest times in, in the real estate business we've ever seen. And like everything in life, what goes up must come down. We have to remember that about equity, property values, even our income sometimes. We've got to learn it in the really great times to make sure that we're putting stuff aside so that we're ready for the lean times because we're going to have them. But here's the one thing that I believe is never going to change in 2025, 2028, 2031. Homeownership will still be the American dream. It is, again, a privilege that we have as Americans that many countries don't even provide. It really is what separates us from a lot of other places and makes us so thankful to be Americans. And here's the bottom line. You know, I joke all the time. I say, you're never going to interview a fourth grader that says, when I grow up, I want to be a renter. Okay, right. they're not going to say that. The goal is to own a home. The goal is to create stability, security, and to save as much as you can when you do that. That's what a mortgage loan does. So if I look down the road 10 years, and, and certainly none of us knows exactly what's going to happen, but I would say these things are probably going to still be in place. Number one, 
homeownership will be still be the primary part of the economy. Mortgage lending and real estate has been the primary part of our financial sector of all sectors within the economy for the last 30 years. It's where most people have built their wealth, built their stability and changed their lives. I believe, believe it or not, loan officers are still going to be needed, even though there's going to be tons of technology. All these predictions of there'll be no loan officers, there'll be tech around. Look, this is the single largest financial decision people ever make in their lifetime. They want a human being to make them feel good about it, to answer their questions. You can, you can digitize a lot of things and you can even take some of the complexities and put it in there. But at the end of the day, there's no college courses on buying a home. There's no education on buying a home. That's what we become as the educators. So It'll look very different. It probably won't be a commission structure like it is today, but we'll still have people guiding people through that process. It'll be obviously clearly highly technological, but it will also have that human element that's so necessary to make sure it happens. I don't really see that much changing in the next 10 years other than the biggest question is how, how much housing is going to be out there by that time. Look at the size of the millennial generation. We've got a big shortage inventory right now. We need a lot of houses built. I think we're going to see a boom in home construction in the next 10 years, which is going to launch more opportunity 10 years down the road. So if you're a millennial today and you're in the business, I think you're in at the right time. I think you're going to have an unbelievable future. Yeah, I think advice is never going to go out of style. And I, I think that people are always going to need, you know, advice on, you know, how, do, how does this mortgage work? What are the costs? What are the options? What's the long-term, short-term strategy? And yep. yeah, I think all the I think all the systems are going to talk to each other. I think there's a lot of things, a lot of jobs and pieces that might go away, but you're always going to need that human element because this is this is the biggest purchase of someone's life, and you know it's it's really important. Uh, pivoting to hard and soft skills, <clears throat> excuse me. What do you think in the next shorter term, more like three to five, five to seven years? What do you think is going to be a hard skill that is in great demand and a soft skill that's in great demand? So the soft skills, I believe, are going to continue to be really understanding your customers at a level that nobody else does. Look, you can build all the technologies you want, but at the end of the day, it takes a listening ear to understand a situation because you can't solve what you don't understand. I see it all the time. You know, there's great POS systems out there, and I work with companies all over the country that use them. And yet I watch two loan officers side by side that I train. One just uses the technology as technology. The other one actually digs in and spends time with that customer and really gets to know them. Those loan officers run circles around the other one every time because a listening ear is a powerful tool. So, so to me, that's the soft skill. Now, from the hard skill standpoint, number one, you better be darn good at virtual technology. We're learning that through the coronavirus pandemic. And I still see people today that get on these, you know, Zoom meetings and, you know, the, the, the cameras at their nose. And I'm like, what are you doing? We've been doing this for 15 months. Figure this thing out. You know, their backgrounds, they got stuff in the background that just doesn't make any sense to me. We've got to learn to be excellent in the virtual world. We need to be learn to be excellent in the social media world. There's going to be continuing evolution of different kinds of social media platforms, but social media is not going away. People, people love what it delivers to them and how it makes them feel. You better be very good at that side of the business and you better know how to market through technology. If you don't know how to do that, you will not survive the coming wave in the next five to seven years. Gosh, I just, I fully agree. I think that it's something that is discounted a lot and it's like, well, Zoom's going away. We're going to go, you know, after the pandemic's done, you know, there's not going to be any of this. And uh, I just think that's, you know, flat out false. And yeah, I, gosh, I fully agree. 
Uh, I want to pivot to your morning routine. So, Gail, I, I love to ask this because there are a lot of top producers out there that I think get this wrong or maybe get it right, but uh, every, each their own. Walk us through your morning routine. What are your first, what does your first hour look like step-by-step? Yeah. So let me tell you what you don't want to do before I tell you what you do want to do. All right. If you're like 90 plus percent of the people that I train that the first thing they do when they start their day is check their email and voicemail, you better knock that off right now because all you're doing is starting with problems, headaches, issues, and all of those things. And it's killing your, it's killing your morale, your motivation. It's, it's, it's taking your day away and eating up with problems where you don't get to sale. So you can't do that. Number one, Start your first 15 days with something powerful. I love to get up, read my Bible. I love to then, you know, take a little bit of time and just kind of meditate and pray and, and get myself in the right mindset. I love to exercise. So I'll do that to really get my body moving in the right direction. And then what I really want to focus on is I want to make sure that, that I'm really planning out my day, every aspect of my day. The most important thing to have is what I call a priority mindset, Jimmy, where you sit down each morning and say, okay, what are the six, seven, eight things that have to get done today? My must do's. And once I determine what those are, let's put them in order. What's number one, number two, right down to number eight, because there's always a priority order. They're not all the most important. There's only one most important and there's one least important. Everything else falls in order. And then time block it out. Start to build goals for yourself of time frames. So you create deadlines that force urgency and motivation. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. My team and I, they, they, the first couple of years that, that my guys were working for me, they're like, we have no idea how you get so much done and do so many things in the same hours we've got. I said, just watch how I work. It's all planned out. And they're doing the same thing. And we are an unbelievable team because of that. Look, the bottom line is, if you plan with purpose, that's the key. You understand your why. So you're motivated every day. You listen to positive things. Don't start with the news today. That's going to mess your head all up. Don't, don't start with your emails and your problems. Start with positive, powerful information. If you do that and you plan your day and you work your plan, as the old saying goes, you are going to crush your numbers. And this is a, this is a really important tip, Jimmy. If you want to work nine hours today, don't plan nine hours. Plan seven hours and create two hours of flex time within your schedule where you take 20 minute increments and you put them as blocks in between each one of your time blocks for overflow because stuff's going to happen during the day you can't plan for and it's going to be a priority. You just don't know what it is yet. But if you've built the time blocks in advance, I call it flex time. What you've now created is a time bank because here's the key. What separates top producers from low producers is what they do with their time because we all got 24 hours. We all got that in common. It's what right. you do with it and how you use it that makes all the difference. Well, I put first things first is uh, prioritize the day. That's great. So I, just to follow up on that, so I, I lead a team and they're like, but Jimmy, we got these deals to disclose. We have like, like I'm going to work all day and I'm not going to be able to get this piece done, this piece done, this piece done. What do you, what's your response to that? So my first response to that when a loan officer says to me is like, okay, let's stop right here. I want, I want to give you a quote. Here's the quote. There's no wins and losses. There's only wins and lessons. That, that's how life works if you want to be successful. So if you've got all these deals blown up, there's a reason for that. Cause and effect. If, you, if you're listening to this podcast, write those two words down. They're two of the most important words on the planet. Cause and effect. Every effect has a cause. And what I see, I've seen this my whole career, Jimmy. People keep making the same mistakes and then putting out the same fire for the same exact problem because of the same cause. And I finally say, when are you going to stop 
doing it wrong to create all that work for you later. Your key to success in this business has always been to have a quality mindset. Do it right the first time because you don't have time to do it a second and third time if you want to be a top producer. So I would tell them, all right, we got a train wreck happening today. Let's first start with the most important one in the train wreck. Let's prioritize. And then let's ask ourselves the question, what caused this and how do we fix it? Because 90% of operational issues I've learned are actually sales issues from incomplete applications, incomplete documentations, incomplete, incorrect information, things we could have fixed from the start that would have saved us all in time on the back end. Yeah, there was an ounce of prevention that you missed, you know, somewhere along the way. And you got to yep. you know, provide that pound of cure. Uh, I want to go back to your morning routine just, just for a minute. So uh, you meditate, you pray, you read the Bible. I think those are excellent, you know, daily disciplines to exercise. Is there any, uh, you know, when you pray, when, uh, is there any daily like affirmations that, that, that you say, or um, anything that you really do out loud that really just like, Hey, I, you know, I'm doing this or, or um, is there any really affirmations that, that you live by that you are always praying about and saying out loud or saying just to yourself? Well, as a Christian, I, I use the Lord's prayer as a model. What is the first thing we're supposed to do in that? Be grateful. Gratefulness and thankfulness, Jimmy, is one of the most important things in our life. In fact, I'm going to give everybody this tip, all right? Stuff happens all day long that, that, that really sets us off, that, that we can't control, that upsets us, that takes us off our game. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Anytime you wake up in the morning and you get started, or you're in the middle of your day and, and you get hit with that that bad email, that cancellation, that file, here's what I want you to do. Stop everything you're doing. Walk away for a minute. Get away from your environment into a new environment that, that is one that, that, that is a place that you can just focus for a minute. Close your eyes and count your blessings. Just go through a process of all the things you're grateful with for one minute, just one minute. Just start being thankful for your family, for your career, for your income, for your house, for, for, for the food you have on your table. You will come back after one minute, a totally rejuvenated person. I probably do this 10 times a day, every day. And every time it works, and I've been doing it for decades. Brother, that's just, that's really great advice. Uh, emotional intelligence, I think is something that's like a key thing in this industry, especially in our industry, because things go wrong. A lot of times it's not our fault, but it's our responsibility to fix it. And do you react in that emotional high or low? Or do you step back and be like, look, nobody's dying here. Do we just like, let's handle this. We, we don't have to do it all frazzled and all, and all, uh, and all crazy. So, uh, it, yeah, you know, I, you know, Jimmy, you, you, I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I want to say this. You need to have a right perspective that that's so important when you start realizing, I mean, I tell the story all the time years ago as a district manager, um, when I was 25, my, my boss's boss came in to visit me, picks me up at the airport. I pick him up at the airport. We're driving. He goes, Hey Dale, you know, you look a little, you look a little off today. You okay. I go, oh, no, I'm fine. Birds. I'm just having a little bit of a day. And he says, well, let me ask you a question. Have you noticed what we passed in the last 20 minutes? I said, no, what did we pass? He said two funeral homes and three hospitals. And we're not in any one of them. And I looked back at him and said, Verge, I'm having a great day. <laughs> it's, it's a matter of perspective. We've right. got to have the right perspective on things. When we do, we really succeed. And I'm going to give two great tips right here. These are disciplines you must have. Number one, okay, do not try to control what you cannot control. This is a common mistake I see all the time. Things happen out of our control, but we're trying to control them. Well, you know what? Stop doing that. And don't take it personal when things go wrong. But here's the most important tip. Anytime you get a problem, 
train your brain to immediately move to solution. Just pivot instantly. Because what people do is they focus on the problem. They talk about the problem. They verbalize the problem. And the more you talk about it, the more worked up you get. Instead of saying, okay, that happened. It's history. It's over. Can't change it. It's done. How do I fix it? How do I fix it? How do I fix it? That's what I want you to do. It's a life changer when you master that skill. Here, what can I learn from it? And also, you know, this is happening, you know, uh, is this happening to you or is it happening for you? You know, is this, you know, is this a, a learning lesson and how can we grow? But really though, you're right. People dwell on the past. And if you dwell on the past, you're going to get angry. And if you look at the future, you're going to get anxious. Live now, get it done now. And, uh, and brother, that's your fire advice. I mean, I love this. I can't wait to listen to this again and, and, and just, uh, just review my notes. So I want to be super respectful of your time, Dale. And uh, there's a few questions that I ask everybody that comes on. So I want to start with this. Do you feel like you ever got a big break? A big break? Yeah, big break. Like, hey, this big thing happened. It was a big break. Oh, gosh, probably about a thousand times in my life, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm constantly finding that miracles happen every day, things that I don't deserve and things that shouldn't happen that are happening. But you know, I would probably say the biggest break that I, I've seen in my life goes back um, to about 2009. Um, I, I was I was living in, we were living in Chicago at the time. Uh, I was working in, in the industry and you know was an executive for National Mortgage Company, then and then jumped into uh, consulting. Um, and and I had an opportunity. I was going to be a consultant. And somebody had asked me to come to a conference, uh, and I thought that's a good idea. I could probably meet other people and talk about consulting. And I happened to just walk up. They, they said, you know what? We'd like you to speak at this. I'm like, well, I'm not a speaker. They go, yeah, but we, you know, we know you've done a lot of things. We'd like to do it. I got an opportunity to do a 20 minute speech. And, and at the end of that speech, I had five CEOs walk up and said, we want to hire you. And I literally called my wife and said, I, I think we, I think we're in business now. I think, I think I'm going to be a speaker for a living. And, and she just started laughing. I mean, it was just, uh, all I did was talk about the things I knew for 20 minutes. And for whatever reason, the delivery came across well, and I got that big opportunity. And, and, and that was a monumental change. And then God just opened all kinds of doors after that. And, and, and I got an opportunity to write a book for consumers through Moody Publishing. And that was from radio programs that I did because I was asked to speak. This is, a, this is a really crazy story. I get a call from a guy that I did a speech at on a weekend. And he says, hey, we've got this uh, Moody Institute had this annual breakfast that they did every year, once a year only. And they said the speaker was supposed to be the guy who is in the U.S. consulate. He's one of the top officials for the president. He got sick. We want you to speak. And I'm like, how do you go from the president's cabinet to Dale Vermillion? <laughs> he happened to be at something I was at speaking. They bring me into this. And there was a thousand people there and ended up opening all kinds of doors. So, look, you, you just what you do is, is when when God opens the door, step through it because they don't stay open long and just see what happens. And, and you know what, you'll know if it's right or wrong. And, and, and if you just keep walking in the direction you're led, go with your gut all the time, you're gonna find great things are gonna happen. I wanna stay there for a minute because a lot of people would say this is that like, look, you, you didn't prepare for this speech at all. You're here, go on stage. I mean, I, of course you were nervous. That's just, that, that's like, that's, that's just default. How did you prep for this? Um, did you just press play on a memory and just like, hey, I, you said that, hey, I just talked about things that I knew about. Did it just, did it come out well? Did, um, I mean, how did you prep and plan for getting up in front of a group of people and speaking? I didn't. I literally didn't. And, and I'll tell you what happened prior to that that prepared me for that. 
When I was a manager with Transamerica Financial Services way back in the 1980s, um, I, I was at an annual trip and they had asked me to speak at a corporate conference that we were doing. Now we had probably 2000 managers in the room at the time. So it was, it was huge. I remember that speech I was totally prepared for, Jimmy. I was sure I was going to throw up on myself when I walked up to that podium. I, I was positive. And, and, and I, just, I just went with what I knew. And, and I, I got done and I'm, I looked at the guy next to me. I thought, that was awful. He goes, dude, that was awesome. I'm like, are you kidding? I, I literally thought I was going to pass out. He goes, I never noticed. Well, what oh. it reminded me was if you just stick to what you know well and don't even worry about what's around you, it, it all comes off okay. And, and when I had that opportunity where, where it launched my career, that's what I did. I just said, okay, I can speak. I mean, I know, I know about leadership. I can talk about leadership or sales or marketing or whatever it is. And I just talked about what I knew and it worked. I didn't try to be flashy. I didn't try to be fancy. I didn't try to be witty or, or have some great story or humor at that time. I just told people things that I knew worked and people love strategy. They love learning technique. Now I've got a million stories that I tell, but in those days I didn't have any. <laughs> Got open the door and you walk through. I mean, that's just that's just fire. So, uh, next question: If you were to do it all over again, Dale, what would you change, Jimmy? I'm not sure I'd change a single thing, to be perfectly honest with you. You know, look, uh, I, I, I'd have been a lot more humble and a lot more kind to people early in my career. I can tell you that for sure. I was a renegade when I was in this business my first ten years. Um, but, but again, that, that was before, that was before my transformation. So I, I will tell you, honestly, as I look back over my career, I can't, I've thought about this question so many times. I'm like, I know there's things I would probably change, but I really can't tell you what they are because what I've just tried to do is I've tried to follow what, whatever the leaning is that I'm getting. You know, if, if, if as I mentioned earlier, if, if God opens the door, I just walk in that. And the one thing that, that I wouldn't change is this. I've always believed relationship is the foundation for everything. I've always believed that if you just treat people well and, and you honor them and you respect them, I don't care who they are. I don't care where they come from. I don't care what they believe. I don't care what their thought process Love all people the same way. If you can do that and do I do it? Well, heck no, I mess up all the time. I'm a human being like anybody else. I don't even think, oh, this guy's got it all figured out. I don't have it all figured out. I'm a mess too. But just like all the rest of us, I'm a mess that's in progress. That's what I love about it. And, and, and every day we get a little bit, little bit smarter, a little bit wiser. I think if I had to look over it again, I wouldn't change a thing. I'm married to my bride for 29 years, love her to more than I ever did every single day. I got four great kids. I've got four great, you know, they've got spouses that I love just like my own children. We've got grandbabies. Business has been well. I'm in a great industry. I don't think there's much I need to complain about, and I'm not sure there's much I can change. That's beautiful, brother. I mean, you're just, and it just, it shines through too. I mean, it's an actual real form of happiness. It's real gratefulness. And, uh, and that's just, that's just awesome. Now, Jimmy, you're, you're, you're so kind. And I so appreciate that. And, well, it's, and, and brother, really you're an inspiration. You know, I'm sorry. It's true. You're an inspiration, man. I mean, it really is because a lot of people get to this point and they don't give back. A lot of times they get to the point and they just like, look, they lost it all because they just went straight for the money or whatever it was. And they forgot about what's really important. And like here, you mentioned like here, I got four great kids You know, I've been married for 29 years. Brother, that is here. You want to define success. That's success right there. Uh, the money is all the other stuff is, is just, I mean, 
it's still an inspiration, but uh, what's really important and that perspective that you have is just, it's, it's inspiring. And, and if, if, if you can impress upon somebody something, it would be that. Appreciate that. All right. Uh, next question. Was there ever a time, Dale, you felt like giving up? Oh yeah, 2008 and nine was a pretty rough period for all of us. Um, you know, I actually went through a period of depression for about a year and a half, something I did not even know was possible for me, wow. to be honest with you. I, you know, I, sometimes we think we got the whole world figured out and all of a sudden something happens and triggers things and we don't. And I will tell you, that was the hardest year and a half of my life and probably the most powerful year and a half of my life. Because I came out of that. And now today, when, when I meet people who are in those kinds of situations, I can now have a good word for them. I, I can now console them. I can be compassionate and understand where they're coming from. You know, I, I remember a lot of my closest clients who, who are dear friends of mine were like, Dale, you know, we can see you are not yourself. You are not okay. And I said, no, I'm not. You're absolutely right. Um, and, and I need you to help me through this process. And you know what? That kind of relationships made all the difference. And, and, and when you've got support around you, it, it makes the change in how you get. So there was a time I thought about giving up and pulling the pin and being done with it all. And you know what? I, I determined that I'm not doing that. I, I'm going to plow forward. But, but I had to work through that process, through friendships, through, through counseling, through, through prayer, through lots of things and, and, and just strong faith. And those things combined got me out of that after a year and a half. And you know what? Life, life is, I've never looked back since then. And, and, and I feel like I now have a much better depth of understanding of human nature and, and challenges we can face as human beings. And how any one of us are this close to, to, to being off that edge. And we've got to always make sure that we're, we're constantly trying to be and do the best we possibly can and, and, and have that support system. Brother, I love that. You can't really lead somebody past where you've been, you know, and if you've been through the worst parts of it, you know, you can really actually speak truth to people that are really struggling yeah. with it. And, um, and that's just fire. All right. The last question here, uh, Dale, uh, to set it up, you know, there's somebody out there, you know, right now that maybe they've been in the industry for 10 years and maybe they're a renegade, you know, maybe they're going through their own, you know, 2008, 2009 crisis. Maybe they're, you know, struggling with, kid burdens, money burdens, maybe they're struggling with a pipeline that's blowing up. What advice would you give to someone looking to get it done? So somebody trying to get out of that pit is what you're talking about? Just someone, just someone trying to get it done. So like, you know, it, it, at any point in their, in their life, uh, whatever adversity that they're struggling with, you know, what, what advice would you give to have someone get it done? Get out of it. Yeah. So a couple of things. All right. One of the things I touched on earlier, but, but I'll, I'll explain a little better. And it's this, I, I want you to ask yourself this question. What defines you? What truly defines you? You've got to figure that answer out. Okay. What defines us will many times lead us in the right direction. Because if we find that money defines us, we're in trouble. If fame defines us, we're in trouble. If promotions or position motivates us, we're in trouble. It's got to be something deeper than that. And then ask yourself the question, what is your why? What is your purpose? You know, Simon Sinek put that to a, to a very national global mindset with his book. 
you know, of getting to why. And, and, and that is always been something I've talked about is what is your purpose in life? Why are you doing this? And then here's the number one bit of advice I would give anybody out there today is seek great advice and knowledge from trusted people who've been there and done it. It's amazing to me, Jimmy, how many times I'll train groups and I'll watch, you know, I'll watch, I'll do these Zoom meetings, you know, sometimes three, 400 people on a Zoom meeting and I can see them on the camera and I'm watching and there's some people they're just locked in and they're learning and they're, they're smiling and they're writing notes and they're, they're like, yeah, you can tell they're taking everything in and they're going to really try to apply it. And then I see other people, they're checking their emails. They're not paying attention. They think they're the smartest person in the room. And let me tell you what I've learned. If you ever think you're the smartest person in the room, your career's over right there. You're about to atrophy. The number one tip that I give every leader I've ever trained on what is the number one trait you look for in a top employee? Teachable spirit. That's the number one thing. So my advice to you is first figure out what defines you. Identify your purpose. Establish goals that will help you get to that purpose. Make sure that purpose is beyond is something big and something beyond you. And it's not a materialistic thing. It's something that truly is life-changing. And then go seek out people that you want to emulate yourself after. The only reason I know the things I know, Jimmy, because I've been around a million great guys like you that are in just bright, knowledgeable, outgoing, dynamic, awesome human beings that literally I can learn from and then share that to other people. That's how I built my whole career. It's based on the best practices of a million different people I've trained. But I pay attention. When I see somebody who's, who's outstanding, I, I pay attention. I'm that guy, Jimmy, you don't want to be on a plane flight with. You know why? I always get the aisle seat and block you in, and I'm going to ask you a whole bunch of questions for the next two hours. I'm going to tell you to take your ear pods out because I want to know about you because I right. love learning things from people. And that helps me to have a richer understanding of life when you learn things from people who've been there and succeeded. Brother, thanks for the, the kind words. And brother, the same. I mean, brother, I'm taking notes right now. Like, this is important to me. It's authentic, it's real, and it shines through uh, with the value that you provide everybody. So I, I really, Dale, I want to thank you for joining us today. I want to thank our audience for listening. And uh, if anybody wanted to connect with you, uh, Dale, what would be the best way for them to reach out? They, they can reach out at mortgagechampions.com, dalevermillion.com. My email is dale at dalevermillion. I'm really easy to get a hold of. And, and I do return my phone calls and I do return my emails. I, 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 I do all of that stuff. I'm, I'm, I, I, I pe believe people are important. Therefore, I'll make sure I do it. You can do that. If you want to check out Mortgage Professionals Providing Hope, it's mpph.org. Um, you can learn more about that. But, you know, I'm pretty easy to find. Just Google my name. You'll find me. I guarantee it. <laughs> You, you absolutely will. And I can personally attest that you do respond. And, uh, and yeah, MPPH, just to give one more final plug, I, I can't support this, uh, this organization enough. It all goes to the actual causes. It's pure. And, um, you know, if you have any, any, any feeling in your heart that's pulling on you right now to say, you know, hey, maybe I should give, just give even a little bit goes a, a real long way. Uh, all right. This has been the Get It Done podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And, you know, if you like the show, you've taken some value, you know, tell a friend, hit that subscribe button, uh, write us a five-star review. All those things make a huge difference in helping us reach more people. Once again, I am Jimmy Ryan. Thanks so much for listening. Many more stories. Bye.